Hello. Hey, Marilyn. How are you? Good morning, Dan. How are you today? I'm doing just fine. I'm doing. You are Johnny on the spot. Look at you. Eight thirty sharp. Boom. Boom. Eight thirty so early. Eight early. It's you know what? It works out great. It's part of my workflow. Yeah. It's the third or fourth thing I do on Tuesday, which is the optimistic day. It's a good. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a beautiful forty-three. 0.5 degrees on the back porch of my private office near Coit Tower. Brisk. No, it's, oh, it's beautiful outside. It finally stopped raining. Oh, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it rained a lot. <sighs> everything's uh, everything's real good. How are you? I'm all right. No complaints. Mm. No complaints here. What else is going on? It's 52% humidity. Uh-huh. Uh, barometric pressures, uh, 30.24 and steady. Now, this is from your weather station or from it's you're from just looking at a website? Station. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, yes, and it's uh, the website for my weather station. Don't be creepy. So yeah, it's all it's it's good. I'm uh you know five by five as they say. Oh, <laughs> it's up to forty three point seven. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna close that tab. That's distracting. Do not be distracted by the weather. Um, it's Tuesday. It's February nineteenth, Dan. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. It just goes too fast. Huh. Eh, I don't know. School so year fast. or just life in general? Just or? everything. Yeah. I'm going to have a middle schooler soon, and it's just oh, I know. freaking it's, it's me really out. really weird. I stopped worrying about my own mortality a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to die so hard, and that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. But, like, my daughter's <laughs> playing basketball, and she's doing Minecraft and talking on the phone with her friends, and it's really a scene, man. Yeah? Like phone you know, calls? Well, no, she does that thing. I first heard about this from John Gruber. I've heard this from John Syracuse, uh, and I knew to anticipate it. But uh, once homework is done, there's usually a break time when she gets home. You know, you hang out, you have a protein drink, you hang, and then it, then uh, you do homework, hopefully. We mainly leave that to her, which has worked out well. But mm-hmm. then but then at some point around, say, 4 o'clock, 3.34, she gets, she's holding an iPad playing Minecraft and her, her good friend is on the phone on speakerphone. Uh, she's listening to wicked in the background and it's not unheard of to have a second device that's playing YouTube at the time. And oh, when I first yeah. heard my, about this, my son does, I just got to say, my son does the same thing. He'll be on his switch or on and, and then he'll have the iPad playing YouTube at the same time. And it, this uh, is, anytime this is, he sees me, he turns it off. And I said, dude, no two yeah. screens, no two screens. No two screens is no two screens title. That that's that's um that's a thing that we had in place. We've adopted adopted mostly the Jonathan Colton approach, which is we're not going to over police screen time <laughs> because screen time is a meaningless term. Yeah. In 2019, but there is a feeling that I get. I'll tell you when it hits me, and I'm going to be dead honest. The feeling hits me when all of the dials have been turned up too high. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what the dials are. Okay. Yes, we've had shower. Okay, shower's done. We've had dinner. We've had dessert. Okay, so it's 7.20. And 7.20 is the danger zone. Oh. Because that's where it's like, okay, are we going to watch one more episode of The Office or a little bit of Survivor? Mm-hmm. We know we'd be pushing it at that point because 8 o'clock is bedtime, <laughs> nominally. But you also got another knob, you got a screen. And that screen in most cases is funny meme videos. Uh, YouTube has this whole, like, as you know, has this whole bunch of like, it's like the top 10 funny things an animal said in a <laughs> caption. And we get a lot of those. And uh, so you get, you get the two screens and you're pushing a little bit too far. There's already been TV. 
the 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 two screen thing is happening, and then that's too many dials. And I go, I make a noise. I go, mm, can we can we dial down some of this and start moving toward bed? You know, it's yeah. bad on me, bad on me. But no. I don't know. I, 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 you know what? I'm gonna let you finish. But I, I, at some point, I want to wrap back to the screen time issue because it is it is complex in ways that we've talked about. But I'm realizing more and more how complex it is. And I, I don't know. We don't have to do it today. But I would love to revisit what we call screen time. When I say complex, not because it's getting harder, although it is, it is more difficult as an issue. But also because like it's become more bananas than ever to just say that the screen is bad. Screen is not bad. Screen is a complicated thing, especially when you got several of them, well, and you're pushing for for uh, 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 what she calls a healthy snack. Can I have a healthy snack? Because she knows we're <laughs> she knows we're not going to say more chocolate, right? I don't know if you want to talk about that. I what would love to say? talk about it. No, I would love to. I think you're right. I think screen time as a concept has changed based on. I guess the the common things that people do. I mean, if you think back to when we were kids, I watched a lot, a lot, 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 lot of TV. Yeah. And you know what stopped me from watching TV? When I got a computer. And then oh, I was watching yeah. the computer screen. I mean, I still read by, by what I would say today's standards, I still read a lot. I mean, I was reading quite a bit when I was a kid, everything that I could get my hands on that was science fiction or fantasy or comic books or just rereading the player's handbook over and over again. Uh, you know, I, I loved that kind of stuff and that was something I always did, but I've spent way more time than reading. I spent watching TV and, and eventually, you know, playing on the computer and learning how to program, learning how to write, you know, write code and, and still playing a lot of video games. I mean, mm -hmm. between TV console video games because of course that's that's all we had back then mm -hmm. and computers that was that was my you life you have a cocktail table Ms. pac-man <laughs> no i wanted one oh. too so cool you could put your drink on it i know you could yeah. even do homework on it but <laughs> i uh i never had that but yeah i think i think the amount of time that i spent in front of a screen whether that was a tv a computer screen or uh or you know i guess video games were played on tv back then it was a lot and it never my mom and and she was a college professor and cared a lot about my education, as you would imagine. Mm -hmm. Not like most parents care about it, but she was especially tuned into it. I don't remember her ever saying to me, "Don't watch TV or don't sit so close to the TV or why are you on the computer so much?" Really? I think, yes, I think, and I don't know. I don't know why she didn't say anything about it. It's certainly, she was, she was anything but a careless parent. She was very uh, involved in my life and, and concerned and interested in the things that I was doing. But I, I think she you don't saw, think she was concealing a concern. You think she lacked that concern? I'll have to, I'll text her in a no, second. I'm just, I'm genuinely curious. Cause it sounds like she did not see that as something she needed to police or let's be honest, pretend to police. She at least so much of this my stuff is worrying about how it looks. There's right. so much stuff where we worry about how it looks. I'm going to text her now while we're talking. What should I ask her? Say, did you, what should I ask her? Um, I, uh, something like, this is kind of long winded, but you could say, I, I, I feel like I remember you did not have limits on screen time when I was a kid. Is that true? And did you worry that I had too much screen time? All right. I'm typing this now. Dan's typing. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll do a, uh, I'll, I'll step into an alcove here while Dan types. Uh huh. 
two things, because there's always two things with me. One is, you know, screen time stuff goes for everybody. I mean, certainly there's so much concern these days, understandably, about the amount of time we spend on devices. You know, there's <laughs> and data that come, came out recently that the people most likely to believe the things that were untrue on Facebook were actually baby boomers. Yeah. They're, they're the reason the election happened. So, I mean, on the one hand, we're not just talking about kids, although I think that's it becomes interesting to talk about it with kids, because then the second part is that we inherit these things from a previous generation. I've always, I've had this notion in my head since my twenties that was started as a reckon and has now merely become a poser where I wonder about it, which is I've always felt like some amount of the art in life is figuring the extent, like we're going to be like our parents or not like our parents. And a lot of the art in life is figuring out the extent to which we are or are not like a given parent and why. Right. And so much of the art in life is figuring out, okay, well, your, you know, your father was a staunch Republican. Like, why are you like a Bernie Sanders person now? Sure. Like, how did that happen? Or that could be about alcoholism or it could be about whatever. But I feel like we, and I know I have inherited the, fir- the very first time as a parent, you find yourself, you find yourself with words coming out of your mouth that sound exactly like your parents. And you're <laughs> yes. like, I never planned this. This was not in my day planner. <laughs> right. I never had a day set aside to become a living cliche. Like, but I think, speaking for myself, I feel like I have inherited certain ideas that are hard to shake. And I think that's that's totally normal. Uh, Example. Example. Well, the screen time one. Okay. My mother was very, very, well, I was a latchkey kid starting around, I was on my own after school starting fairly early. I want to say at least age nine. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even remember what the deal was, but there was kind of an implicit deal that I could watch some TV because God, I watched so much TV. I watched Dennis the Menace and I watched the monkeys and I always turned off when Star Trek came on, but like I would, I was watching like a fair amount of afternoon TV. And then I think a lot of it was my mom really for herself did not like TV. She did not like it as an entertainment medium. She didn't enjoy it. So it made sense that because I did enjoy it, maybe to the exclusion of everything else in life, I love TV, that she was very, she would get really frustrated. And at, one, at times she would literally cut the plug off of the cord until it was very short. And you can, you know, get to go to the hardware store and get a replacement for it, which we did. But she would, she would, she would say, that's it. We're cutting the cord off the TV. And she literally did that. Wow. So there's this part of me when I see my kid, like, now let's make it about me because that's important. It's like, if I say something three times, my kid doesn't hear me because there's two screens and there's this and there's that. I'm like, now now I'm getting worried with my inherited concern in, in that sense. that That's one. Another one, of course, is things like food. It could be things like faith and religion. Uh, it could be stuff, let's be honest, stuff like safety. So on the one hand, I was a latchkey kid. But on the other hand, I had a fretful mom who didn't want me like wandering off into the woods, you know? Mm-hmm. So all those things get inherited in some form or fashion. And then we have to interrogate why it is that we feel that way and do how much of that do we want to affect what mores and rules we bring into a very different environment. So different. Yeah. We had so many good titles. I didn't write any of them down. I just got the one. Your mom. Yeah, I text her, and usually she's great about responding, but, you know, she might be doing, you know, her chair yoga or something. Yeah, so, chair yoga. Ch- yes. ch- 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 chair yoga? Yes. Chair yoga. There's a um, a podcast I enjoy. Uh, I don't catch every single episode, but I've mentioned it before, because um, I, th- I think it's a super interesting idea. Um, I catch it when I can. It's called Pessimist Archive, and it's pessimist.co. 
And um, it's a guy named Jason Pfeiffer who has a podcast where he goes over the history of something that there was, often as not, let's be honest, a moral panic about. Some new piece of technology got introduced to mainstream culture, and he responds on, you know, the technology itself, how it was used, and then, like, what people thought about it. And then he does stuff like he reads from contemporaneous newspaper articles. And the theme of the show is, well, it's called A History of Why We Resist New Things. And he basically goes through chapter and verse on the freakout that people have about various kinds of quote-unquote technology. Okay. Um, here's a few. Episode one, The Walkman. Episode three, Recorded Music. Episode seven, Chess. Episode 14, The Novel. And there are many things like this, Pinball. And in each case, there was, you know, there's that great phrase, moral panic. I'll put it in notes. But it's this idea that, like, this thing has come along that is going to disrupt the order of things, corrupt our youth, and often is not cause a very dangerous situation. With the Walkman, there was the concern that, you know, you're going to walk into traffic with these headphones on. Right. You're going to stop talking to other people. You know, and it's just that for every piece of technology, there's always a disproportionate backlash based on what you grew up with. If this thing was invented after you were 30 or 40, uh -huh, yes, you, yes. <laughs> you push back so hard and say, because, you know, look at me, I turned out great, even though most of us didn't turn out great. Um, anyways, so that's, that's the context for me is like being aware of the baggage that I bring to this and then try to temper it with like, okay, well, what, based on what I know and how we live, like what's a sane way to approach this? You know, right. And, and you know what, what we grew up with, like you were saying, what we had back in those days, things have changed so much now that it's, in, it's like for me to say, oh, I watched a lot of TV and played video games and whatever. That was weird back then, wasn't it? You know, like I was one of the only kids I knew that had a full on computer at home as an a, a early teenager or even, I mean, I knew kids in college that went to college without them. And that wasn't mm -hmm. weird because they had the computer lab and you go in the Mac lab um, or the Unix lab and they're, that's how kids were doing their homework. I was, I was weird in that I had a computer at home and mm -hmm. in my, in my closet, in my closet, in my little, you know, like dorm apartment thing. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. that was weird, but that's, that was pretty cool. And that's what I did. And, you know, now like most of my son's friends have cell phones. Like he has a, an old iPhone, but it's not. Yeah. On we give my kids cellular. a success. Yeah. And does she have it like activated usable as a, as a phone and, and can call? Yep. See, yep, I, yep, yep. I, I want to do that. My wife keeps pushing back saying, I don't, I don't think he's ready yet. I don't think he needs it yet. I, I totally understand that when, and if, if your wife is anything like me and I hope she's not, um, the concern <laughs> is the incoming calls. Ah, right. Like you don't want some weirdo calling your kid. Um, is there but, a way I mean, to like block all calls except from X numbers? I would imagine that there's a way. Yeah. I would imagine I, I please. Uh, yeah. You know what? Email me. Don't email, email him. Me. Email me. him. That's fine. Email Dan. Email, email John that, uh, that I imagine there's a way in the, um, the parental controls to say only, um, to, to lock down contacts and to say only allow calls from contacts, I imagine. Um, but what was I going to say? The, um, yeah, I, I do think, I do think it's such a tightrope walk because, um, we, we go into this world and there's, let's be honest, part of this is that this is stuff that's relatively new to us as well. You know, yes. I mean, one, one angle is this, I mean, 
I'm going to quote the great poet and philosopher, William Joel, who said the good old days weren't all that good and tomorrow ain't as bad as it seems. <laughs> William, as they call him. William Joel. <laughs> yes. The great poet. And I, I, think, I think that is a truism that, especially the first part, the good old days weren't all that good. I mean, let's look at it this way. What TV shows was I watching? Like, honestly, I was watching a lot of, mm, one doesn't want to call Gilligan's Island garbage, but it's not Proust. I mean, it was, I was watching a lot of like, you know, mainstream reruns and network TV. And now my kid has access to great stuff and she has good taste. So like left to her own devices, like what she turns on, sometimes it's like a cartoon network show. Like what you and I have called the yelling shows. She'll watch something like Gumball, which has a lot of yelling. Mm -hmm. But but also I have to say like Steven Universe, Adventure Time. Mm Mm-hmm. Miyazaki movies. Mm-hmm. I've told you before, sometimes she'll just, I'll just walk in and she's watching Arrival. And I'm like, what a world. Yeah. I mean, that like, you have the opportunity to develop your own, like slightly better taste. Like that's, that should be a data point that like, is the screen bad or is, are the things that you are watching garbage? Right. Do you hate Twitter because Twitter is bad, even though Twitter is kind of bad? Do you hate Twitter because it's bad or just because you keep exposing yourself to really toxic people and an environment where nuance and kindness is seen as a weakness? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's probably a different episode, but yeah. it's sure something I think about a lot. Yeah, no, I think about it too. And I, one of the, you know, one of the things that I think we have to do as parents is instill, and I don't know. I don't know how it happened that it seems to have been instilled in my son uh, because like we've tried, but I don't, I don't know how that works with some kids and seems to not work with others. But like your biggest fear or concern is like your kids are going to kind of circumvent you or go behind your back and watch whatever the heck they feel like watching. And, and you know, like yesterday, is it that they're going to watch what they want to watch or that they're going to be exposed to something they shouldn't be exposed to? Um, kind of a combination of both. Like you don't that, want them watching known garbage that you'd rather they not watch. Right. But or you also don't want them accidentally finding something too sexy. The, both of those true. So here's sure. an example of my, uh, my son. This just happened last night. So he's, uh, he's sitting there on, uh, watching YouTube on his uh, iPad. And he, he said, dad, there's a video I want to watch but it's got one of those like warning things you gotta, on it. You got to sign in as 18 or something. Yeah, well, some, I don't think you had to sign in for this one. It was just a, like content, sensitive content warning. It might disturb some people. I said, oh, well, I said, what is it? He said, it's a video that a guy has made. He's, he's, uh, he's training flies to lift things so he can see how strong a fly is. And he, 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 he sets, apparently he sets a cup or a plastic cup like a the little throwaway convenience store kind of cups, like sets one of those on a fly and the fly pushes it off. But I guess there was someone who saw that that said it was animal cruelty and had flagged it. Oh, I see. And he said, dad, may, may I have your permission to watch this video? Mm-hmm. And I said, of course you can watch the video. And it was just a fly that has a cup on it, knocks the cup off and flies away. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, like he asked me about that. He, he had not played it. He had seen it earlier in the day and was waiting for me to get home so that he could talk to me about it and see if it was okay. I never taught, wow. told him that he needs to do that kind of thing. I never insisted dude, do not, if I ever, you know, I, like I've never had to say that kind of stuff to him. He just 
in it didn't, in, it didn't begin with a threat or no. admonishment from you about you better never do this. Right. And so the fact that he felt wrong, even thinking about playing it without like running it by me first is like, that's a big win. I feel like in, and, mm-hmm. and it, and it, it confirms the fact that, you know, he's not so much doing stuff behind my back. I really believe for now, for now, I really mm-hmm. believe when, that when he says that, that, that he's, that that's really the way that it is. And, oh, my mom replied, um, she says, uh, she's, she said she was driving. Okay. So that's why she she couldn't. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and she said there were, she hadn't put no limits on screen time, but she said at the same time, there wasn't that much you could really do. She -hmm. said there was, it wasn't an issue. And she said, things are different now. She said back then, you know, I, she knew that I had the computer and the Nintendo, but it wasn't a big deal. She says you also had D and D, which is Mm -hmm. of course true. And I think, I, I'm I'm getting the impression that maybe because I had split my time between, you know, I was still reading, I was still doing other things. It wasn't exclusive to that. Maybe that's why she didn't, wasn't so worried about it. And my hmm. grades were fine, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but I, you know, like my son's main console is the Switch and there's, you know, the games that, that we've gotten for him, in many cases he's used his own money for, are kid friendly games. There was one game called Skyrim that, uh, that seemed like a little too mature and adult for him. And he even brought it up to me and he's like, this seems like this is too serious for me. He's like, this is, I'm, I don't think I'm ready for this game. I said, very good. Well, you know, we'll get rid of it. Uh, and that shocked me also because like mm-hmm. I remember, I'm not I sure remember if, being hungry for anything. I wasn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah. Oh my God. I was 11. Listen to this story. I was 11 years old. I was on the school bus. I'd been picked up on the school bus. And as the bus was driving, maybe a few blocks from my neighborhood, I looked out the window and I saw on the ground and forgive me if I've told this story here before, but yeah. I'll tell it again. In, in a case. men's magazine. Yes. I found yeah. an, an adult men's magazine. <laughs> and, for adult men yes and i uh i you could as the bus was driving the pages were sort of flipping in the in the the wind and i mm. looked down and got a glimpse and i said you know i felt like heaven had opened for mm-hmm. me and and like the second i got home from school i sprinted from the house to go and get and it was still there and it oh was exactly was it, were the pages swollen with moisture <laughs> a little or was it still intact it was it was intact it was well all the, all the porn i ever found was swollen <laughs> You always uh, find porn in the woods. Every American boy finds porn. <laughs> Cherry magazine swollen. Yeah. Yes. This yes. is your birthright. So I, I and I, I don't. It was not. It was not a Playboy. Like it was not a Playboy or a penthouse. It was something else, and it was very graphic. Very graphic. Oh, Playboy man. would have been like you. There, there's people who might have at that time argued it was celebrating the beauty of women. Playboy's like Charlie's Angels Plus. There was nothing being yeah. celebrated about people in this. This was more graphic, and and I was I was like the. This is this is celebration of embarrassing carnality. Yeah, I was like, this is everything. This is the whole world in this one book. This is all the questions I've ever had are, are being answered for me. And of course, my parents figured it out and confiscated it not long after. But oh no, oh, yeah. oh my god, you must have been so embarrassed. No, not at all. I was like, what? yeah, I. So I I had this thing, 
And at, at long story, but at the time for a few years, I had a stepbrother. And so he was in on this too. And he oh, of course boy. found us, found older, that we, older, same age. Okay. And uh, found that, that we had this thing and my stepfather for the time, I was had a, for two years, uh, less than two mm-hmm. years, uh, <laughs> came in as like, let's have it. And I, we're, <laughs> we're like, have what? What are you talking about? He's like, the dirty magazine you got in here, where is it? And I'm like, mm. oh my God, how did he know? And apparently he had seen it too <laughs> while he was driving up by. Right or something? Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, he took it away and that, that was oh. sad. But the, the fact was... Like that was the only way we could have gotten access to something like that back then. And now mm-hmm. it's right there. It's everywhere on the oh, internet. No. You yeah, get it no, everywhere you want. That's abs- absolutely true. Yep. 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 Um, Hey, um, I, w- I want to talk more about this, but could you tell me about something that you like? I would love to tell you. About... We're going to pivot to found, found porn. I think found <laughs> porn will be the theme of today's. <laughs> that will be the episode. theme. All right. Well, Yes, I would. I would love to tell you about Grammarly. Grammarly, what? Grammarly, listen. Grammarly yes. is a writing assistant that makes you look and sound smarter, and it really works. This is the thing: all of us have the occasion to write these days. It might be an email, it might be a proposal, it might be a talk that you're going to give. Who knows what it is? I, maybe you're maybe you're like a, an aspiring journalist. Who knows? Maybe you're even like an advanced writer, but you still. We all need a little bit of help, Marilyn. It's it's a yeah. fact, and this is great for school, for work, uh, almost anywhere with, with with Grammarly. Here's what it does: it it as you are typing. Okay, and by the way, this includes an online browser extension. There's a desktop editor. There's a mobile keyboard checker. All of this stuff works to to make you basically be a, a better writer. And what happens is. Uh, you, you start writing something, and by the way, this works on Chrome, uh, Firefox, Safari, Edge, iOS, Android, Windows, Mac. It reviews critical spelling and grammar, and uh, and it, it gram- Grammarly Premium, it looks out for all of these things, plus uh, the premium has advanced punctuation and structure and style within context, vocabulary suggestions, a conciseness, readability, and you can, it understands wow. different occasions. It understands if you're writing a business proposal or if you're doing an academic essay or if you're just doing a blog post, like it gets that and it will do different corrections and suggestions based on the kind of writing that you're doing and it understands all of that. And so this is everything from basic stuff like no more typos in your emails on your phone that's like that's the basics but it goes way more advanced <laughs> how would that. they know it's from me <laughs> right without, without your trademark typos it me. could be from anyone but this is the thing you can sit down and you can start writing and so i i wanted to try this i wanted to see how you know how this works and it really really works and it's smart and it's not the kind of thing that gets in your way it's not annoying it's not overbearing it's easy to disable if you want to but it it just keeps you from making basic mistakes and it also can really especially with grammarly uh, premium it can really, really make great suggestions, different word choices that are better. Uh, it's so good. And so I would say, obviously, if you're if you're not spending most of your day writing, uh, it, it can sometimes, even for me, it can feel like you get back. You're like, oh, if you're not an active uh, writer. Rusty doing who is this. Focused, like an active writer is someone who is focused on how the use of language writ large affects your message. But if you're not doing that and you're not mindful about what that role is, you could probably use some help. I, I think you could use some help. We could all use a little bit of help. And they have a I special special URL. Grammarly is spelled G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y. Grammarly.com. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash back to work. You will get 20% off your Grammarly premium account right away. And uh, that's the only way to get that discount, actually, is to go to Grammarly.com slash back to work. So go check it out. Do yourself a favor. Try it out. And, uh, and you know, you can, you can start with their free account and see how you like it. There's no risk. And you might just find that uh, you'll become a better writer than you ever thought. So thanks very much to Grammarly.com for making this show possible. Thanks, Grammarly. Buck, buck. And while I, have I, I, I have an anecdote. Well, I would love to go, hear it. You go. I, I, you go first. I was going to say about Grammarly. No, I was. Um, I would like to hear a your anecdote. anecdote. Well, it's a Grammarly anecdote, and then I'll shut up. Okay. You wish. Huh. Uh, this morning, so Dan, Dan, um, I'm really in the stack here, but uh, I, as part of my preparation for the show, I always go and check to see how many sponsors we have and who they are, and uh, I usually do that right before we record. And it's the same today where I went. So I did not know this morning at 7 a.m. when my daughter and I were talking about palindromes, I went and I did a search on a website for long palindromes. And guess what came up? An article on Grammarly this morning. Surprisingly funny palindromes. I agree. They are surprisingly funny. Mm. And some of them are very long. Are we not pure? No, sir. Panama's Moody Noriega brags it is garbage. Irony dooms a man, a prisoner up to new era. That's a palindrome. <laughs> okay. I palindrome I. Really? That oh, whole yeah, thing some... is a palindrome? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Dennis Snell. <clears throat> this is a list of names. Dennis Snell, Edna Leon. Need... I'm not going to read this whole thing, but it's like 60 names and it's a palindrome. They have one here. It's a palindrome of words. Where is it? Where's the palindrome of words? Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah. King. Are you glad you are king? That's a palindrome of words. Really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So Grammarly. All right. So we learned about we learned about we learn things in the morning. We talk about things. While I was doing the ad read, my mom came back with some more information. Breaking news. She says you enjoyed Nintendo, but you weren't playing it all the time. The games today and choices are very different today. She says today they're designed to be addictive. So. Uh, oh, okay. That so seems reasonable. That's an interesting theory. She she says you spent a lot of time learning about computers, and what we had was. Um, was at the very beginning of home computing. And she says, you taught yourself. She said, you loved, you loved your Pac-Man watch, which I still remember vividly. Aww. And she says, back in those days, we never even thought about limiting screen time. Hmm. Interesting. That's what, that's what she says. Um, it, you know, I remember hearing on TV, other people or other kids being told, don't sit too close to the TV. You know, I was told that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll ruin your eyes. And they never said that to me. Uh, and it did probably ruin my eyes, but I, um, I don't know, you know, it's such a strange thing now because it's impossible to police your kids 24 seven. Any kind of solution is going to be, you know, circumventable if, if your kids are really, really determined to do it. Mine really do listen to me when I say, okay, you know, it's time to be done or, or no screens after we, with the, we don't even consider the television to really be a screen unless you're playing a game on it or whatever. So like after dinner, um, we will watch usually all of us, but sometimes just me and my son will watch, you know, a, a, a TV, an episode of a TV show. And that's about all that we'll do after dinner. So we have this kind of no, no screens after dinner rule. And they're very good about it. Like, I'm surprised they're really not, like, they don't they don't fight that rule too much. They don't do their homework, right. but they don't fight the rule. No. Homework is no fun, man. Okay. This is one for the books. I'm going to throw out a unified field theory that I literally just made up. Okay. And I'm going to try and, with this um, 
unified field theory, try to figure out what it is uh, for all time, what it is that is perplexing about what we're talking about here. And I got three things because it's sometimes three things with me. You did, oh, wait, you short, said it was always version. two things. I know, I know. Well, that's the one thing with me. Um, the Okay, so I think a short version of this is for a given time and a given set of experiences, we tend to get to a place as adults where we have a, a, usually a strong feeling about a medium, right? And, and so for years, moms like mine would say, well, the medium of television is potentially very bad, so we need to limit that. Um, certainly, at least starting, well, the 50s is when they first sort of litigated it, but comics, the medium of comics was deemed to be bad. And mm-hmm. so all these rules came along. Right. Um, the Hayes Code in the 30s came along to say that this is potentially such a damaging medium. But I'm going to break this into three parts uh, that are super obvious in retrospect. But I think when we talk about this stuff, we're talking about three things. We're talking about a given medium. We're talking about a medium, a context, and content. So what is a medium? A medium is how something gets from one place to another. It's the vehicle. So television, books, comics, a game, whatever that, or, or no, sorry, not a game, a, um, an I, I, iPad, I guess you could think of as a medium. Mm-hmm. But in any case, there's a medium. There's a way that something gets from the world to you. And then I think importantly, you have a context, which is how do, how do you interact with that medium in what situations and how often um, the world of 1993 and having a 9600 baud modem is very different from the world of today where the context is that, you know, that medium can present things in many different kinds of places and pop up different ways. A right. telephone, a telephone's a medium. You've got to have a telephone in your house. Like how would in the, you know, in the sixties and seventies, like how would you talk to grandma? How would you call the police? How would you find out if school is canceled? You have to have the medium of a phone. The context for that medium was in the case of my grandparents, as I've said before, my grandmother had a telephone chair. She had a little chair that she sat in to talk on the telephone. Then third, the part that we focus on a lot, we leave out the context, but the third is the content, right? Like what is it that's, what, what kinds of calls are happening in that context uh, involving that medium? So, uh, so that's, I'm just going to just toss that out as a very general thing, medium context and content, because I feel like we get an idea locked in our head that this medium is used in this context and therefore I have control. TV, I may have mixed feelings about TV, but I understand the medium of TV in 1982, 1978. I understand that medium, and I know the context of that is this happens in the living room. The content, we ain't got cable. The content that we've got is this stuff that's on TV. So as much as I may have objections to the context of watching too much TV, I do feel like I understand the medium and have a pretty good idea of the content. Then eventually you start fussing and worrying. Right? You worry your kid's going to watch something with a mature warning on it. But I think in considering our changes to this, we have to look historically at medium context and content. Because I think our own old ideas about any or each of those three things ends up having an impact that, if we're not careful, causes us to have a not up to date idea about what something does. Bottom line, I think a lot of us focus on. We're, we're most concerned about the most unknown part of those three, which is content. Mm-hmm. We're worried about the content and what content could that mean? You don't want a weirdo calling your kid on his or her phone when they're not with you. Right. Because the context is that phone is everywhere. Right. That's a, this is a pretty dumb theory, but you, you get where I'm going with this? Definitely. Maybe. 
Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe. So let's, let's talk more about this. I, I do feel like the medium is something that like, once you have an idea in your head about what this does, you s- start to form opinions about it. So let's say, um, let's use the computer as an example, like a desktop computer. Well, we understand the medium of that in this case is a, the PC or the Mac that sits on a desk and may or may not have a modem, but you understand the context is, yeah, that's the desk, that desk. That's where the medium is interacted with. And back before the internet, like how much content was there? Were you going to find the equivalent of porno for your computer in the 1990s? Probably not. It's when those other things change that our concerns about the content in particular rise. When our concerns about the content or potential content rise, that's when we get a little more hinty about the context in the medium, right? So we might say, for example, like friends I have say, no, no um, laptops, tablets, or phones are allowed in your room. That's a rule that some people have. You mm-hmm. have to use them where I can see you using them. I have right. to be able to control the medium needs to be used in this context so that I'm at least aware of the content. I know a lot of people who say, for example, no devices in your room after bedtime because uh, I right. don't want you sneaking, sneaking into it. But I, I like this as a, as a kind of a blueprint for thinking about... Um, Blue, blueprint. Blue, blue, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> for thinking about what it is that causes us to have weird ideas about this stuff is I and I guess the thing I'm ultimately trying to say is I think feeling out of date with any or all of those three things can cause a great deal of concern mm. that makes you over notice unknown worries and underappreciate mm. like known good things. Mm-hmm. And so that okay, I talked a lot right there. I'm just tossing that out. No, I think it's fascinating because we're in we're in a situation where, like you said, with the whole um, the whole take sneaking it into your room kind of thing. Yeah. My daughter is very sneaky, very, very good, sneaky. Good for her. Yeah. And I think, you know, my son is, is obviously very not sneaky. And so what I really am curious about is more how, you know, she is the type that would absolutely try and sneak something like, and have it in her room on under the sheet or something, looking at her iPad when she's not supposed to. Yeah. And, you know, I know that as she gets older, the challenge will be trickier with her because, you know, if you really flat out tell her no, she's she's going to listen. But she does. Mm-hmm. She is sneaky still. She's you feel sneaky. like you have to police it a little bit, a little bit. And mm-hmm. and, you know, but I also wonder at what point at what point do these things become OK? Like, for example, um, and, and this isn't our topic for today, but, uh, you know, the S word, if mm-hmm. if if. They've heard that. They've heard it in movies. They've heard it in other kids saying it. They've heard it wherever. You know, at what point is it okay for your child to hear something like that mm-hmm. versus say something like that? Because it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I have never had, and maybe this is, I hope not to the detriment of my kids, but I have never really, my goal has never been to like shield or protect them from the world as opposed to guide them in their experience with the world, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're, they're going to hear the S word eventually they're going to, and they have, Mm -hmm. they both have heard it and they've both heard both me and my wife say it a number of times. Not not, called on the carpet the other day. Really? What what happened? Oh, I was uh, playing something that was kind of a funny bit from a podcast I do, um, for my wife. And, uh, I, uh, I use the F word, which I use on that particular podcast with great brio. 
And uh, like a day and a half later, my daughter quoted it back to me with a kind of this face. Hmm. <laughs> you have one really good effing idea every year. Uh-huh. Hmm. I went back to what she was doing. <laughs> I, I think that's super interesting. And I, 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 have, I can give you examples, at least growing up in Florida. And I, this is, let's, let's move on to shooting fish in a barrel. I think there's a certain somewhat, there's probably a better word from this, but for this, but I'm going to call it a fundamentalist idea, a fun, uh, sort of like not evangelical, but a fundamentalist idea or a very conservative idea, which is that knowing something exists in some ways is the beginning of abusing whatever that thing is. So if you know the seven dirty words, if you've heard those, like you're already on your way to becoming a reprobate. Like I had, I remember an anecdote, my girlfriend and I for a while had both contracted at the same company was full of just like it's like these four very Southern ladies. And one time my girlfriend said, oh, shoot, I forgot to do that. I'm on crack. And everyone <laughs> in the office, everyone in the, in the office looked at her and were like, you're what? And she's like, oh, I just, I spaced that. And like, you're on crack. She said, like, no, I'm not literally on crack. I'm just saying that like I, I had a, I didn't do a thing that I meant to do. I forgot about it. And I'm behaving... Uh, uh, as unto a person under the influence of drugs. And the short but very sharp sort of Southern conversation that follows was long lines of, well, hmm, I don't know about that. But it was this sense of like, well, now I'm going to think about you doing crack because you, you've you talked about this thing that we don't talk about in polite society. Mm, right. So yeah, kind of understandable in that context. But like, you know, there is... I don't know. I, I get, I'm a little loosey goosey on the profanity stuff. I have to be really honest. It is the thing I worry least about her being exposed to of all the bad things, capital B, capital T. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of other experiential stuff I'd rather she not have to ruminate on. But, but no, I, I think that's part of it is like when we're, you know, and I, and it does also dovetail with my belief that kids should get to be kids for as long as is appropriate for each kind of the things. But like, yeah, there's certain things I don't want my kid. We talked about this before with poverty, shallow or sliced off finger. Like your kid should not have to, in my, my opinion, your kid should not have to be exposed to really gruesome stuff. Listening to NPR in the morning, listening to KALW while we're getting ready for school can be a real ride. Because if there's a story about the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or there's, I mean, there's all, I mean, that's just one example. It's like every day there's something where my wife and I are like, should we turn off public radio for a little while? Because this and is if some, you can't listen to public radio, what can you listen to? Well, and they're in their own namby-pamby centrist way doing the like the most palatable version of this conversation you could imagine. It's certainly it's not Rush Limbaugh, but I, I took you off your story. Um, That's the, quite alright. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, as long as we're shooting fish in a barrel, think about this. Well, okay, so. You're a Gen X or not a Gen X, or let's say one is a baby boomer and they grew up with the idea that like television rots your brain, screens are bad. Okay, so is your kid allowed to use a computer? Well, at a certain point, no. And l- listen to my actual words. Do you let your kid use a computer? And the answer for a long time was probably no. Like mm. they'll break it. They don't understand the command line interface. There's all that kind of stuff. That morphs into, well, I don't know if I want them spending a ton of time in an AOL chat room where I don't see what they're doing. But now today, if I said something as bananas as my kid is not allowed to co- use a computer, let's talk about some of those problems. Can she ask questions to the Amazon Echo? How will she do tests at school? So she's not allowed to have her Chromebook anymore that she does most of her homework and all of her projects on. Right. 
No, of course. Today, you would go, that's ridiculous. I would not hold to that position that that kid is not allowed to use a computer for at least a couple of reasons. Like one is that the computer has become much more mainstream and inexpensive and it's required for like what you do at school. But it's also like, what's not a computer anymore? Like, I know that that sounds like I'm being cute and clever, but I don't, I think sometimes people don't confront that or interrogate that as actively as they should, which is that you are walking around probably with some like 30 or 40 year old idea that you're clinging to because you want to do the safe thing and you don't want to look like a bad parent. So in that case, of course, you'd say the kid can use computers. So now what do you do? You come up with rules. You come up with rules about context. You come up with rules about content. Well, of course, using it at school is probably fine. They probably got all kinds of like security things in place. Are they allowed to use it at home? Well, it's complicated for everybody, but like, I, uh, you know, in the same way that I would, I mean, like the dumb example you could give is, let's go back to Pessimist Archive. The novel is a very dangerous idea that's going to cause people to not be realistic about their life anymore. And pretty soon women are going to want actual orgasms and it's going to get super complicated. Like, let's keep the novel away from people who are very vulnerable. You know, what about comics? Well, yeah, there was a time when people were real worried about comics. But if there is a graphical way that something is explained in a handout, should we shun that and call the Lord? Like, it's just, there's content, context, medium for all of these things. You've got to be sensible about it. Being sensible about it means being honest with your own hangups and anxieties that you brought with you to this situation. Right. It may cause... But how do, you see, how more, do you see those? How do you see those? Well, sometimes you have to talk to yourself like I'm talking to myself. You have to treat yourself like a little bit of a dingling. And you have to do a realistic risk assessment about almost anything, whether that's walking to school or letting your kid take their iPad to a play date or whatever it is. And you have to, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what, what do you think? I, I think it involves trying to be honest about doing an actual risk assessment about what's involved here and wondering what the consequences are of going beyond an overabundance of caution to become someone that is now, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? like demonizing a medium or, you know, trying to say, trying to make this kid feel weird to quote Chief Wiggum, you know, what did he say to Ralphie? Why are you so interested in daddy's forbidden closet of mystery? (laughs) (laughs) I'll find it. (laughs) That's what I think. What do you think? Uh, Yeah. Um, It's just weird because right now we are at the first point, the first time in our history where I mean, you could say it's been like this for 10 years, 15 years, whatever, but we're, we're still at the very early point in our history where any kind of information, whether it's words or visuals, images, videos, whatever, where it's all right there, it's all mm-hmm. available for you to get to. You can get yes. to it from any without, device. Without warning. Without right. warning. Right. And even when you, you don't want to. You can go out it. and look for songs by the Kinks and be very surprised with what turns up. Oh, yeah. And there's... happened to me. There, really? <laughs> oh, God, yes. There's so much what? out there. There's so much out there. And it's right there. It's right mm-hmm. at your fingertips. And, you know, it's you kind can't of... can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. It's almost impossible to avoid it's almost impossible to get around and yeah there's all these different content filtering tools and there's the open dns thing where you can set the dns to automatically you know block certain things and but still like at some point i i think there needs to be an element of of trust on the one hand with your with your kids 
Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is we try so hard. I mean, I know I, I have seen parents cover their child's ears <laughs> when a teenager walked by rap, you know, rapping out loud along with the song he's listening to in his headphones. And there might've been a, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah, oh, no, I absolutely know. And, and I, under, on the one hand, I understand that, but that's on the why, other hand, that's why in some cases we're near a high school and that's a lot of why they're doing it. Right, they're like, right, right. They're, they're rehearsing rebellion in a safe <laughs> environment. <laughs> I like re- rehearsing rebellion. rebellion. <laughs> um, but I wonder at some point, you know, what's the, what are we trying to shield them from and why? I, how I totally agree. How are you bad? trying to shield them from those particular boobs and kisses? Right. Are you trying to shield them from the thing? I think a lot of times we, oh boy, this is going to be unpopular. I think so much of what we do is about disguising our own anxiety as people. Right. There's so many things we do in life to not let people know, to not let us get like, just for, we don't want people to discover our vulnerability. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think a lot of times what we're covering up, it could be, and it could not be, it could be not something as, even as simple as I don't want my kid to know that boobs are a thing. It's more like I don't want my kid to find out what I'm hung out, hung up about. Right. You know, it's, dogs because, and well, children are very good at detecting sudden anxiety. Yeah. And they can tell, like, whoa. You sure reacted differently to that before you had time to catch it. What's the deal with that? Right now, I'm listening very carefully. Right, I have big child eyes for whatever it is that makes you concerned. At some point in their lives, all all three of our kids will see boobs. Yeah, it's it's vulnerable. They will see them, and it how how horrible is that going to be when they see the boobs is it going to be horrible yeah. you know what i mean the yeah. the reality is it's it's either going to be probably no big deal or pretty great and i i don't know <laughs> that i need to you know like what what's the harm yeah. In them seeing the boobs, it's I'm not such a Rorschach test, I'm not going to show i'm not out to show my kids the boobs good but that would be weird. What if what if they saw boobs? Like what would ha- like what would happen if they well, saw boobs it? Boobs are a little bit of an unfair example. And this is by the way, I think the episode we're four hundred and fourteen episodes. I think this is the most we've ever used the word boobs uh-huh. on a show. Uh-huh. Pretty sure. Uh-huh. Um but no, I mean that's an easy one in some ways, but there are certain kinds of things. Oh my god, who made this joke? Who made this joke? Probably John Mulaney, because I I watch so much John Mulaney now. But saying something like, what was, what was his joke? His joke was something like, oh, you know, calling somebody a hillbilly is as bad as using the N-word. Something like that. And he goes, no. Do you know how I can tell it's not as bad? Because you're not saying what the N-word is. Right. <laughs> it must, it can't be as bad. Um, but it's, you know, there is this sort of like, I say it's a Rorschach test because it's like if you have that moment where you brace in anxiety and concern about something that you think is about to happen and you catastrophize it, which I am great at, you have a very clear image of in, in your mind of in that moment the worst thing that you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And if you get in the habit of assuming that the worst thing you can possibly imagine is always moments away for you or your children, right. like you get a real different disposition about the world. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to advocate this point of view, but I am going to mention it. Um, you know, what if they did come across something that was potentially even quite bad 
and you didn't make a big deal about it. Mm. Like maybe you should, maybe you should write a sternly worded letter to the internet. But like, what if you decided to just Aikido your way out of it and <laughs> let that concern kind of walk by without an outsized emotional reaction from you? And you could say, well, you want to talk about that? That was kind of weird. Like, what was that? Like, and you could maybe talk about, I don't know, but like, if the kid has seen something horrible, they can't unsee it either. And it's like, well, are you going to spend the rest of your life trying to cut off like this entire thing because of your worst concern? Like now that is so about you. That's so not about the medium or the kid. Right. That really is about your own hangup. And I'm, I'm, people are not going to like that. I said that, but I suffer with that. Everybody does, but I want to be aware of that. I want to be aware of like unintentionally giving my children an inheritance of pain. Ooh. That's pretty good. That's real good. I'm talking about something you like. Oh, I'm typing that inheritance, inheritance of, pain. of pain. Typing. It's yeah, pretty good. It's a good. Yeah, I mean, you know, we that could be that could be a whole yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't need a reason. Merlin, I would like to tell you mm-hmm. all about Eero. Eero. Big fan. Life's I'm too short Eero. for bad Wi-Fi, Merlin. I'm on the Eero so much more often than I need to be just because I love the app so much. It's a fun app. I remember the first time we ever did the Eero spot decades ago. Uh, yes. We, I was so I- excited and thrilled to talk about how cool the app is. So before I tell you about the app, again, yes. let me let me tell you what, what Eero what, is. What even is Eero? It, what even is it? It is even... The probably the best Wi-Fi solution. I you know they talk a lot about Eero being great for for homes mm-hmm. use at home. I I don't know why they don't talk about it as being great for businesses too because I I think it's great for everywhere. I think it's anywhere you want really good Wi-Fi coverage, you should go for it because basically Eero created the Wi-Fi system that we always wished that we had. The old way to do it was you go and get a base station and the base station has, you know, 50 or 60 antennas sticking off the top of it. And it's this black thing that looks like a spider. The really, the really fancy ones look like a spider that's about to die. To die. It's uh, yeah, it's on its back with the legs sticking up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and so their solution to give you better Wi-Fi coverage across the house or across the, the uh, property of whatever it is you are was to, uh, was to just continuously try to, well, we're going to boost the signal, make it stronger, stronger, stronger. And it, that doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. I have so many dead spots in my house and I hear people complaining about that all the time. And, oh, well, we don't get Wi-Fi, you know, here, or we don't get it in the backyard or we don't get it upstairs. And that was our problem. For some reason, we couldn't get any decent Wi-Fi upstairs. Well, you look at these mystery meat places where like even in the middle of a room, right? Like you, you have to move in some direction in three dimensions <laughs> and hold your phone up in the air to get the connection. Like That's right. maybe it, maybe it's seeping through a mouse hole you haven't found yet, but yay, <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> so Eero solves this in a very, very cool way. What they have, and this is their, their second Second generation product. They had this with the first one. The second gen is so awesome. So they've got three five gigahertz radios inside the second gen Eero. Uh, tri-band, it's twice as fast as its predecessor. But what this does is you plug in the base station and then it you also get these things called beacons. And these are not just range extenders that, that you might have seen for traditional Wi-Fi. W- what Eero does is it creates what they call a, a mesh network throughout your whole house. And you get these beacons and these beacons connect wirelessly, of course, to the base station and extend, but not just extend, they create this mesh 
of Wi-Fi network so that you get that same awesome fast signal wherever you are in your entire house. And the way they came up with the beacons, they're so cool. They're just these little things they plug into the outlet on your wall and they, they give you that incredible signal throughout your whole house. But the fun part mm-hmm. of it is you get the app, the app runs on your phone and you plug in the base station, you get that set up that takes like three seconds. And then you go walking through the house and the app will say, you should put a beacon here. And it knows that because it's connected up to the mesh and it understands where the signal might be a little bit weaker or need a little bit of a, of a boost. And so you plug the beacon and the beacons are really cool. Cause they've got these little night lights on them that can turn on in the dark. You can disable that if you want, but they figured, mm-hmm. you know what? You're going to have this thing plugged in. It's probably going to be in like the hallway upstairs. We'll make it a little nightlight for you. Big deal. So they've done that kind of stuff and it just works. And now we have the fastest signal possible in every single room of the house. It gets security updates all the time. And there's something super cool with Eero Plus. Eero Plus, I know you were on Eero Plus early on, uh, mm-hmm. but this is so cool. It works to prevent malware and spyware. It blocks phishing attacks and it also can be used to block the unsuitable content like we were talking about mm-hmm. before. Uh, and all of this is just built into the Eero Plus. Uh, it checks the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats and it prevents you from accidentally going to like a malicious site but it does this without slowing anything down the content blocking is really cool you can uh it, it, it like tags violent or illegal or adult content so you get to choose what your kids can and cannot see so it's very very useful very helpful they've even got a vpn protection from encrypt.me on there i mean so much so much is there it's the topakash or the total package as we say i like that so go to eero e-e-r-o two e's e-e-r-o eero.com slash back to work you'll never have to think about wi-fi again and you're going to get a hundred bucks off the eero base station unit and two beacons now you might find that you you just need one beacon you might find you need more they sell them individually you can get what you need but this hundred bucks is a hundred bucks off the eero base station unit two beacons and one year of Eero plus, which you really do need. I recommend it. And, uh, and so go to Eero.com slash back to work and enter the promo code back to work. And you'll get that package I just told you about. And thank you very much to Eero for supporting this program. Back to work with Merlin Mann. Puck, puck. Thanks Eero. <sighs> Boy, look at me wagging my finger at everybody. Mm. Isn't that terrible? Wagging my finger. Wag, wag, wag. Uh, I, I would like to interject, um, Hmm. A comment, and I would like to interject a recommendation. We can do that now. We can do it later. Whatever you want. That's your now show. That would be perfect. All right. <clears throat> the The first thing is, if you remember, I think eight or nine years ago, I said I was going to buy a sound bar for my TV. Mm, I remember that. That was a long time ago. So I procrastinated, as, as I often do when it comes to buying something I don't know anything about. And mm. eventually kind of forgot about it. Until this weekend, when my daughter... Uh, has suddenly gotten deep into the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits uh, books. Aww. So um, she, we, we saw, we watched together as a whole family. We watched the Lord of the Rings movies. And now she's gone on to watch with my, my wife. She has gone on to watch the Hobbit movies, which I, I will not watch again. And I will not watch with my son. Um, <laughs> Gives me a headache. Yeah. I don't like those movies. I don't like anything about the way that, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but she's enjoying them. And so 
the way that we you know we have one of these uh, these fancy new TVs that we have, I think you and I have the same one, and I bought it hmm. based on what I think you had recommended, and it's a great TV. But one of the things that I noticed about it, and this is why I wanted the soundbar, is that the way that modern TVs work is they seem to project sound out of the speakers which are in the back, and so if you have this thing, yeah, your, your wall can hear it real good. Right, your wall is <laughs> exposed to wonderful sound, and the rest of us aren't, and. I think as it's, if you have the TV wall mounted, it works pretty well to reflect the sound back out, but we don't have that. And ours is probably too far away from the wall. It's not that far, but it's probably farther than it should be. So what happens and, and the main room where we have our TV is a ver has very, very tall ceilings. In fact, the ceiling goes all the way to the, to the roof because that portion of the house is open to the second floor. So oh, cool. I was, well, uh, you could put in a zip line. <laughs> Yes. So I was up or at least a rope. I was up pole. You put a pole. <laughs> yeah. You could slide down like I a fireman. Slide like down. a fire person. They. That's what I want. Yeah. yeah. So I I was upstairs while they were watching one of these Hobbit movies and you know, these things get loud, but it was like booming upstairs. It was like the combat, the fighting, the noise, the swords clashing. Oh, no, that's and, like staying at a relative's house. That's no good. And so, but when I went downstairs to say, guys, you got to turn this thing down. It wasn't that loud. Oh no. And that's because it's all just projecting upward. And I said, you know what? It is, it is time to just get one of these sound bars. Finally. I'm dying to know. So I, I got the one. Did you get, did you get, did you get the Sonos? I got the Sonos. I believe it's called the Sonos Beam. You, and it works with your remote. I am going to spend before, I'm going to give it another, I'm going to give it till next week before I, I, I talk about it. I bought it with so much enthusiasm. I could never get the remotes to work together. Right, I will, I will have more comments on it uh, next week. Oh no, no. Are you, are you cliffhanging me? Yes. Are you cliffhanging? Yes. Did uh, you get a solution? Give me till next week. You son of a bitch. I haven't said I have a solution. I said, give me till next you week. You son of It's mine's leaning next to the credenza waiting for a solution because okay. it's such a good thing. Let me see what I can do. I'm oh not promising God. anything. And this, I hope it works. Because, boy, when you get into, I love, so you can, <laughs> did you get an LG? Uh, yeah, we have the same TV. Okay. Remember, oh. we talked about it. We talked about that Which mode. You? you made me turn that mode on that, that does the brighter colors I or something. I categorically love and recommend this TV. The yeah. apps in it are pretty They're great. Pretty no, it's great. Good. The whole interface for dealing with it, it's pretty good. There's even like a secondary, like a dock on the side if you want to get to like the quickie stuff without drilling down. Yeah. There's so much good stuff about this thing, but like... You really run up against a wall when, like, it's like the worst of LG and the worst of Apple. Yeah. <laughs> like, trying to make them play well together. I tried it with the optical cable. I tried it with, um, I think I tried it with HDMI mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. So I'm ready for any solution. You have to tune in to episode deep boop, beep boop, 415. Wow, the original San Francisco episode. <laughs> tune in for 415, and Dan will reveal yeah. something. Something. I may, I may hmm. be able to get it. Oh, anyway, I don't want to say anything. Okay. No, I don't want to hear anything. <clears throat> the other thing I wanted I'm to do mad. is, this is a personal recommendation. Um, yeah. It is an item that's uh, $6 on Amazon. Hmm. It's the Super Stretchy Banana Assorted and Bouncy Ball Bundle JA-RU Stretches Long and Shrinks Ooh. Slow Smells Good 3340 Banana. Ooh. 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 Oh, there. Oh, hang on. I think I got it. Hang on, let me look. Super stretchy banana, sorted and bouncy ball bundle by J A R U stretches long and shrinks slow. Smells good. Three three four zero banana. Yes. 
Oh, I'm, look at that guy. I'm holding banana and ball. I'm holding that show. my banana right now. Oh dear. And by the way, if you if you want, I recommend the single banana, but you can also get mm. two bananas, one bouncy ball, four bananas, one bouncy ball, eight bananas, one bouncy ball, banana and hmm. ball, banana and bouncy ball, banana flop and ball, banana mm-hmm. poop brown and bouncy ball, banana poop, poop brown. Can pink. you get all ball, no banana if you want? Uh, no. It's got to be ball. So what this is mm. is this is a, it's a banana. But oh. it's super stretchy. <laughs> it's banana. It's banana ish. Yes, and it and you. But it's one of these things. You. It's. I. What do you call it? A stress ball or whatever. And oh, those can, are popular. You Kids can love those. Squeeze it. You can stretch it. You can do wonderful, wonderful things with it. It's. It's nice. Now, listen. I yes. have had complaints in the past because I used to hold on to some silly putty while I was doing the show. Mm. And uh, and oh, you hear the cracking. Was, Wait, is that what that sound was? <laughs> yes. Oh my God, Dan! You, <laughs> this is a mystery from like 2012. Yeah, it's oh silly my putty. God! You have no idea what a relief this is. I thought it wasn't the sound of a cable no. because there was a slight like room noise. That was a silly putty crack. Yeah. You, oh, Dan! The little thank bubble you going in there. So, but so, I, I thought there. I thought there. It sounded like not loud enough to be a bug zapper. Yeah. And not electronic enough to be USB. Yeah. Oh my God! Thank you so much. I can sleep. It's silly putty. I can finally sleep. Well, silly so, putty. So I got complaints about that, so I had to stop. And so I've been looking over the years for different things I could use. And this one, I'm going to put need this some therapeutic balls right up by the the microphone. I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, but this is it's filled with some. I'm going to say some kind of a sand or or something. So so this listen. Is so popular L- with kids. Listen. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's it. But but my daughter my daughter puts that moon dust in balloons. She makes her own. This she could be her own. this could be the same thing. But this one's shaped like a banana, and it's very stretchy. And it hmm. does come with a ball. The ball is the same ball. damn thing you get out of one of those you know ten cent machines. It's just some bouncy, bouncy ball. ball. I don't know what it's in there for. Hmm. Um, hmm. But this thing it it, it it's it great. It's kind of an odd pairing. You've got to get this thing. You've got to get right. one of these. And uh, and, and and I find it's wonderful. I sit there anytime you want to, you know, if you have a, pro- I don't have a problem with this, but I imagine if you, if you have like us, if you want a snack and you find yourself snacking when you're not hungry, squeeze on your banana instead. Hmm. I'm going to go with four bananas, one bouncy ball. Oh, you're going, going big time. See, now that I have one, I know my Thursday. kids want one. So I've, <clears throat> I've got to get another, yeah, another, I'm pack. not allowed to have anything for myself anymore. I have to buy two of everything. But here's something that, that's frustrating to me. I don't know. And yeah. I don't understand this. The single banana, mm-hmm. six bucks. Yeah. Now, oh, see. Mm-hmm. it still came, mine came with a ball. I don't want the ball. I don't need the ball. But Mm-mm. if you switch to a single banana, or if you just go to banana and ball, it's mm-hmm. $7.39. So you're paying $1.39 for like a Comcast. 10 cent ball. Like if you don't get the phone, it costs more. <laughs> this is so confusing. Yeah. Banana and ball. But here's the thing: if I go to two bananas and one ball, okay, wow, okay, it's twelve ninety eight. So you're paying ninety eight cents for a ball. I don't know. Maybe they're making it up on volume. Why not see, just buy two get separate one, you, bananas? You can see you can't get one banana and two balls for obvious reasons. Yeah, they don't want that. They don't want it's to be too banned. clever by a half. Yeah, Dan, I put it in the cart. Dan, here's something I want you to see. I'm putting it in your in your in your text. I'll okay. put it in this guy. All right. This is an item I'm very excited about. Okay, so this is um let me find this here. <laughs> uh, 
what the heck is that? Yeah, just give me a second here. Okay, so what I'm looking at here is I, I have several products from the Leviton. I don't even company. understand what this is. Yeah, this is the Leviton 67, uh, 67W8220 amp 277-480-volt uh, 3PY flush mounting locking receptacle, industrial grade grounding, wet guard with cover yellow. Dan, what what's the product image? I am... Confused. I'll help it, you. It, it's a cooked lobster with lemon and, and butter. drawn butter. But yeah. you don't get you no, don't no, get, click on the third click on the third image. <laughs> what? It's the yeah. size of your it you can yeah. hold it between thumb and forefinger. What <laughs> is this thing? A magnetic <laughs> bookmark to enjoy a line yeah. marker to keep your place. Magnetic bookmark to enjoy a line marker to keep your place. But it's uh, it's a hundred bucks. Do you think that's the inside of the lobster? I don't What's know the, what this is. I'm playing the video. It's got magnets. Okay. Oh, I didn't even think to watch the video. Oh, this one. This one seems to have more proper switch with no lobster. What do you do with it? What's that water stone? Wet guard. Is it a, something you? I I'll, I'll give it away by saying I had a record and I was <laughs> I thinking. You know, I got a new is. alarm system. And I was thinking. I wonder if there's a safe, but like, I wonder if there's a way to ensure that something can't be unplugged. Is this an outlet like I, cover? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I was looking at outlet covers that can be locked. Why does I it look like the a lobster, lobster with the butter? I don't know. I, I, you know what? It's, I think what it is, it's a protective outlet cover uh, and a magnetic bookmark is all I can guess. We'll put it in show notes. I don't understand what I'm looking at. It's by the Leviton Company. It's 20 amps. But it's 100 it's bucks. A, yeah, it's got drawn butter. Hmm. What do you do? Well, no, I still don't understand. What does this yeah. thing do? Really? What's what? What don't you understand about it? It's it, a lobster. It it goes over. Dan, a, consider the lobster an outlet. It can be used for so many different things. So I just <laughs> guess that's an error. Anyways, coming to you right now is what I think would be some pretty good show art. <laughs> Hold the lobster like this. Done. Hold the lobster like this Done. with these two fingers. Oh my God. Yeah. What has happened to the show? Moral panic. Pessimist archive. Dan, I think we've helped a lot of people on this uh, Tuesday, the optimistic day. Mm -hmm. You you feel good about this? I feel great. All right. Well, we'll see you. Now, you got to tune in next week. I think we're doing next week. Yeah. Which is uh, a week from today. Is next week. Mm -hmm. It'll be episode 415 where Dan will tell us something about uh, about soundbars. I will. And you'll have to tune in to find out. I will do it. Okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.